Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for tuning in to the Sports Ethos Nets podcast. This is your temporary host, Joe. I am joined once again by Anthony Dittmar on Twitter. That is at Anthony Dittmar underscore. And I, we are also joined by Cody, but he is driving. So we don't know if he's going to go in and out. But Cody, obviously, you know, he is our usual host on Twitter. He is at Real Cody Mallory. Guys, we got a lot of Nets news going on. Uh, today specifically, and of course, over the last week and a half or so, ever since the first day of, uh, or the draft day was when Kevin Durant, or no, no, that's, I'm incorrect. Free agency day, three hours before free agency officially started, that's when Kevin Durant requested out. Um, got a few updates today. A lot of stuff going on, but before we get into all that, Anthony, how are you? Cody, how are you? I'm um, doing pretty well. Um, that's been in the news like the last few, like I said. I think all of free agency, well, not all of it, but a big chunk of it's frozen right now, waiting on the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving stuff to settle down. But like we'll get into after who knows when that's going to be. So it's kind of funny how like the whole league's kind of like frozen a bit besides minor signings. So it's kind yeah. of funny that everyone's stopping because of us. <laughs> yeah, it is funny. Yeah. There's, uh, there's really never a slow day when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets. That's, uh, I mean, that's like, for we had that maybe like two or three week gap after they got swept where it was pretty quiet. And now, like you said, it's just been rumor after rumor after rumor. We finally got some signings today. Like Joe, you said, plenty to talk about in this episode. Yes. And uh, we'll get right into it. We'll get into the rumors a little later. But I think the biggest story about everything going on is the Nets are still filling out a roster as if they would like to continue to compete and they're getting pieces that would be complementary to the roster we have as currently constructed today, the Nets signed TJ Warren to a minimum contract and we signed Ed- Edmund Sumner. Now to some Nets fans, the name Edmund Sumner may sound a little familiar because we actually traded for him in the salary dump of Seku Demboya last year. And we ended up cutting him immediately because he had a torn Achilles. So uh, Sean Marks, we know he has a history of going back to get his guys. <laughs> so he went and he did that once again by bringing in Edmund Sumner today. Um, both Edmund Sumner hasn't played in one. It hasn't played in over a year. And TJ Warren's played four games in the last two years with some like foot tendon issues. But I think we all know that TJ Warren, when he is healthy, the guy like averages like 20 points a game, almost 20 points a game. And, and he's a very efficient scorer and could do it at all three levels. 
he's a plus defender. I mean, at least he's shown in the past. But I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I really like the signing of TJ Warren, especially, especially if we're going to keep trying to continue to compete. Yeah, the problem last year in the playoffs that we talked about was like not having wing size. Like when we had a run in the three midget uh, lineups of when we were playing the Celtics, it was mm-hmm. kind of interesting seeing like guys shoot right over us. And like, if you think about it, like you said, if they, they bring back this roster, let's say they do run it back, blah, blah, blah. You have bigger wing size now. You have Joe Harris and Ben Simmons coming back. You have TJ Warren as a big wing. You brought in Royce O'Neal in the trade last week. Yeah. Sumner that Lee has, has some size to him. Like you have guys that can defend the wings. And like we all said, Kevin Durant even said himself. It is a wing-driven lead, and we saw T.J. Warren in the bubble. Like, obviously, that's a very, very, very small sample size. But we've seen him even, like, all the courses NBA career. He's such a efficient guy. Like, I don't think he's a 30 to 40-minute per game type of guy. But 15, 20 minutes a game for backup wing minutes, like, I'm not opposed to it at all. He can stay healthy. In yeah, backup, backup wing minutes with his level of scoring prowess is a very good addition, especially for a minimum. Yeah. I think and it's a low risk, high rewards of a deal. Like I said, he's on a minimum deal. So if it doesn't work out or he gets hurt, like what are we losing out? We're not giving this guy the mid level exception. We're not giving this guy a multi year contract. I think it makes sense. And it's like, let's say yeah. they do come back, it's a good signing. And if they, do, they don't, at least like maybe you're taking a risk of this guy, but being like a part of your future you build around. And some, yeah, I'm not saying he's a cornerstone, but <laughs> yeah, but he could definitely be a huge piece on a team with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant or just say, for example, like those guys, but he's, he's definitely a big piece. And especially on a minimum contract, why don't you take that risk? I totally agree. Yeah. I think it's definitely makes sense to the Nets. A lot of people are like speculating today that you don't make these kind of, the Nets aren't making any moves because of the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. So like usually when guys make moves like this, like it, maybe it's like something. I just personally think it's the Nets hedging. Like you don't want to like be left with like nothing in free agency. It's been like five days. Yeah. Finding. So I think it was just smart to do it regardless. Like, it was just another move to make. You had some guys leave. You needed some empty roster spots. I think you had, like, six or seven guys walk out the door this year, right? You have Blake, LaMarcus, uh, Drummond. Dragic. And Bruce. Five right there, yeah. Like, five, six guys. Like, you had to fill some roster spots. So, it made sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, part of it may have been because Sean Mark's phone probably has not stopped ringing ever since three hours before free agency. So when KD requested out, I assumed every – I mean, Sham said today that every single team has called the Nets about Kevin Durant. Like, so If you're any team in the NBA, why would you not inquire? Really? Exactly. You have to at least check in. Like, like Kevin Durant, Giannis, Steph. Like, those are guys, no matter what situation you're in, those guys can alter your franchise. Do you put Kevin Durant on any team in the NBA? I, I think it's a very good chance to make the playoffs. Like, even if you put him on Orlando Magic, I wouldn't say they'd be a title contender. But they'd be in, at least in the play-in, I'd say. Well, yeah, I mean, it, especially now 10 teams are getting into the playoffs technically yeah. at this point. So it's like as to any team with a true star will make the playoffs as long as their star is healthy. Totally right. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think T.J. Warren was an absolute home run. I know he was rumored before like to have interest in the Nets and then kind of the Kevin Durant stuff went down, the Kyrie Irving stuff. And there was reports that he was waiting to see kind of what happened to the top end of the roster. But I think if I'm TJ Warren, like, he probably realized that no matter what happens with the Nets, whether they trade Durant Irving, if they do, then he's going to have an ample opportunity to prove himself, get himself a contract, show he can still play, maybe stick around with the Nets, kind of build a future like you guys are talking about. And if they keep Durant Irving, then he fits perfectly with what the Nets need. Some more size, he can still shoot, he can still score. 
Um, even like, I know this is kind of jumping ahead, but you pair him with kind of like a Pat, uh, Scotty Barnes. I mean, that's two good wings that are have a lot of potential, in my opinion. I know CJ Warren's 29, but we saw him score 20 points a game on over 50% shooting the last time he was healthy. So, absolute home run. And I mean, it just really it makes me think like Kevin Durant, your best chance to win is with this Nets roster. Like, absolutely. I, we don't know. <laughs> We don't know all the bullshit that happened with the front office. Sean Marks, Josiah, Steve Nash, they all got beef, apparently. They fired Katie's boy, Adam Harrington. They cut uh, Kyrie's boy because he wasn't vaccinated. So, like, stuff has been happening kind of behind the scenes. So, I understand there's definitely some tension there. They have not agreed. Um, I, we see Josiah liking tweets on Twitter about getting the culture back. And I guess Steve Nash, like, is part of a business owner with Joe Sy or something. So, like, there's a lot of shit going on behind the scenes. But for, like, a pure basketball standpoint of them winning, I don't see a better scenario for Kevin Durant to try to win a championship this year. Yep, and I couldn't agree more. So, all right, now that we're talking about this, we'll go into um, the quotes that we got from Shams Charania on his appearance on the Pat McAfee show today. He started off by talking about the Nets signings. And he said that the Nets are making moves in preparation as if they're they're bringing Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving back next season. And I mean, yeah, that's basically what we've been talking about so far throughout the episode. I mean, like we said, all these moves that they're making, trading for Royce O'Neal, signing a guy like TJ Warren on a minimum, and even a guy like Emin Sumner who could play solid defense and is like a 6'6", kind of swing 2-3 guard. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, they're making the moves to continue to contend. Um, he went on to talk about the possibility of them trading Kyrie and KD. He said, um, Brooklyn is open in trade conversations as we speak, but they are willing to hold off until they get exactly what they want. And every team has called the nets about Kevin Durant. So like we said before, um, Every team has interest in Kevin Durant, and how can you not? And for that reason, it makes sense why Sean Marks and Joe Sy and Steve Nash and everybody involved would just will they'll wait. If KD really does want out, then you wait until any team that you want to deal with will cough up every asset that you want to get Kevin Durant off of your team. Yeah, I, like based on that Shams interview, like like I don't know if you want to go fully into it, but like just like what I'm reading, I think what I personally think is happening is. The Nets don't have any incentive to force a bad trade for Kevin Durant because let's say you even force him to run it back. I don't think Kevin Durant sits out like Ben Simmons did. And if you do, Houston has your swap next. You're not losing your first. So even if like you bring back this core, I still think this core at worst finishes as a lottery team. I think that'd still be better than Houston. So like, what are you really missing out on? Like, yeah, your package and haul for KD comes back is a little bit less because it's a year later, blah, blah, blah. But like, in reality, the Nets don't have any pressure to do this right now. Like, I know Kyrie Irving's, like, we rumored that the Nets don't want him anymore, but he's never requested a trade, like, officially. Probably it has, has one foot out the door, but if you bring everybody back next year, I don't think you're getting a good return for Kyrie anyway. So if you're not getting a good return for Kyrie anyway, and Kevin Durant is, like, you're not getting a good offer for him, what's the worst that can happen if you just say, hey, put it together this one year. If you can't do it, it doesn't work out. We can't amend relationships. We promise you we'll trade you next year. I don't see why the Nets wouldn't do that if you're get, all you're getting is scraps back. So I keep seeing Raptors people that, like, they don't want to include Barnes. Suns fans are just offering Bridges and Aiton. Like, like the Heat want to give up, like, Lowry and Duncan Robinson, like, or, like, Tyler Hero. Like, they're all terrible trades. 
Like, unless you're getting me, like, Donovan Mitchell, OG Anubi, and Scotty Barnes, I don't want to trade him. That's how I see it. I don't know about you. No, I'm I'm absolutely in the same boat there. I've, I mean, that trade has been floated around with um, the three-team deal or three-plus team deal because we would also have to ship Ben Simmons off somewhere. And I don't think um, – sending. Yeah, because in order to get Donovan Mitchell, we would have to send Ben somewhere else. But when you look at it, that's honestly one of the best packages that you could really think of. You get a young, you get a young guy who was the fourth overall pick and the rookie of the year. You get Donovan Mitchell, who's already a bona fide star. You get OG Ananobi, who's also an, another like very very talented player. And then obviously there would be other guys thrown in there too, like say like a Gary Trent or something like that, and like. KD would end up in Toronto, and we'd probably ship Ben Simmons over to Utah with like picks as well. Kyrie from uh, or something like a three teamer. I don't know. Like yeah, something like separate with that. Like that's how I see it. I don't know. I think that's the best chance. I don't think building around Ben is the one. If you're not getting like a Mitchell or Scotty back, really makes a lot of yeah. sense. I think we could all fairly say Ben Simmons at best is a three in a championship team. We maybe we thought he was a two. I don't know if he's a two. Maybe he's a two point five. Yeah. Like, that's a lot. I don't know. It's a, it's a lot to decompress because a lot of moving pieces and variables with this. Because, like, is Utah really, really trying to move Donovan Mitchell? Are the Nets willing to do that? Are the Raptors want to put guys in? Because the way I see right now is Katie wants Phoenix. I think he next wants Miami. And I think the Toronto leaks are coming from Marks because they have the best package to offer the Nets. That's how yeah. I'm going down right now. And I think the Raptors are trying to push Katie to being open to the idea. Because I don't know if Katie's open to living in Canada. I don't know what his deal is. Like, I don't think he had him on their, his list, but they might have the best one-for-one package Woe shed today on ESPN NBA today. So maybe yeah, this they is kind of, like, force to be like, hey, we don't have – Phoenix is not giving us what we want. Miami's not giving us what we want. Like, this might be your best chance. Like, you'll have Siakam, Fled Van Vliet. I'm sure you'll get some ring chasers. I don't know. I saw that Thaddeus Young today signs an extension and wasn't a new signing. So it means he's eligible to be traded. It's, like, a perfect, like, throw-in salary. So I don't know, like that was something to do with it. Like I know, like people were speculating like, there's a reason why it was an extension, and not a free agency signing. So I think you have yeah. to wait December to be traded. I think if you're yeah, it's like sixty. It's either like sixty or ninety days after you're signed to like a free agency contract, you can't be traded. I think a lot of guys last year, December fifteenth was a trigger date for guys to be traded. Yeah, yeah. That's the out last year when we were talking about stuff. Yeah. So and then also. Um, like you were just saying about how like the Suns only want to offer Bridges and Aiton, or the fans are saying that. Another another thing we got over here with quotes from Shams Charania said, uh, well, Pat had asked Shams, where does he think Kevin Durant's going to play next year? And he said, Kevin Durant wants to end up in Phoenix. How that would come about is a mystery to me because the Nets don't have any one-on-one, one-to-one interest in DeAndre Aiton. And plus, on top of that, you also have to take into accountability that the hard count, the hard cap would go into effect if we trade for DeAndre Ayton. Um, so, I mean, I don't really think it's worth it. So, KD, yeah, you want Phoenix, but you also don't have a no-trade clause, bud. So, whoever offers us the best package and is willing to part with the assets, with the assets uh, necessary to get you on their team, that's where you're going to go. And I mean, like... No question for you. Go ahead. Rather... If you had these options to right now, let's say we, I don't think there's a world where we take a bad package. So let's say that's off the table. Is mm-hmm. that run it back package. You have the, the, the guy's souls on let's run it back. Like, I don't know if you're, like, you're familiar with Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was just about to say, it feels like such a very similar situation, like what you were saying before about like 
okay, if like we can't make everything work this year, then we'll, we will trade you next offseason. So, yeah, that pretty much leads me to that. Like, would you rather have that kind of scenario? Because right now, Nets on paper, I don't know they're the best team in the East. There's no doubt they have a top three roster in the East. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe Celtics, Bucks, Nets, and any order you want to put them. So you have that. That's one of your options. The two is the trade package we just talked about. Which one of those you'd rather have? Because I just want to put this point in. Obviously, of the, the all the scenarios considered, I think you'd rather have Kevin around your team because that's your best chance to actually win a championship. The Mitchell OG Scotty thing was more of like a long term thing. Like you have a core from let's say five to seven years that you can build around, add to for a chance to be as good as the roster is now. Not a guarantee. You have young guys and you hope they pan out. You hope the core works. But you see in situations like Denver, like um, Utah with the Mitchell and Gobert, like you may have great teams on paper, but it just never gets you over the hump. So, like, there's no guarantee. So, would you rather have the option A or option B in that scenario? See, it's so weird because, like, I like me and you sitting right here, we, we know that, like, we've been through the whole up-and-coming team situation. And we, we've also been the team that's had nothing. And now we've also been the team that is has the most notable stars on one squad in the entire league. Not all three of them, man. Yeah. <laughs> we've been through all of the ups and downs being Nets fans. But honestly, right now, at this point, it's like, I would rather trade both of them. Or really, all three of them. That would be the ne- the necessary move to trade Ben, KD, and Kyrie. What if it's option A, the situation is amended, and there's like a world where this continues? Like, and things go back. I mean, if there was a world where everything is amended, and like, there's no, like, we know for sure, like, Kyrie is going to be available and play and play long term in Brooklyn. It's like I don't know, like KD, like Kyrie only. I feel like now that like Shams also said today that like he knew that there was still a chance that KD was going to request out if he accepted his option, and just said I'm I will stay in Brooklyn for another year. So he knew that was a possibility. So at the same time, it's like okay, now Kyrie's just obviously accepting the option because he wanted the money, which obviously who wouldn't? I can't blame him for that whatsoever. But when you look at long term, it's like if it doesn't work, Kyrie Irving walks for nothing. Then we have to trade Kevin Durant. And then we're just, and then at the same, now we're just trying to build around Ben Simmons. It's like I would rather trade all three of them now and get supplementary pieces back and end up with, say, a group of a Donovan Mitchell and a Scotty Barnes and some other things that we could put around them and build for the future with now a giant pool of draft picks back even though they're not ours to really just try to retool the entire team and get like like we were saying the culture back i i feel like i would rather take the risk on trading everything and just getting the whole drama filled situation over with and go back to watching fun nets basketball yeah uh, it's tough like it really is tough man it is i the four apartments that wants to believe there's a chance that like it could happen. There's a chance that they can run it back. You force them to do it. At this point, I really do think it's just a leverage from the Nets trying to get the trade that they want and force KD into a team that he may not have had on his list. Like you said, at that Mitchell, I was listening to the fan. I don't know if you've ever listened to it, but Evan Roberts, yeah. like a Nets fan, and he was saying, like, I'm so far removed from this. Like, yeah, I'd love to run it back and see if we can win it all. But he's like, if, the, if, the, if there's a trade on the table, like you said, like for that package, I don't know how I say no to it. Because that's probably you're not getting that package next year. Like, yeah, because it's one year less on his deal. He's a year older. You got to think, if we're trying to trade KD, exactly. This is the prime year for you to do it. He's 34 right now. 
you ship him off, you get back all these young assets. If you're trading for Donovan Mitchell and Scotty Barnes, you're getting two stars under the age of 25. Yeah, and, and Scotty's on a rookie deal, so you can only have like flexibility. yeah, and you still have flexibility, and then you that basically gives you Scotty just one rookie of the year. He's on a four-year rookie deal scale. You trade for him this year. You bring Donovan, say you bring Donovan Mitchell here with him in like some sort of that like three-team deal or whatever. And then at that point, you're just like, all you have to worry about is okay, we got to find a way to acquire another max contract level star. It, within the next three years. And at that point, somebody's going to want to play with Donovan Mitchell when Donovan Mitchell is getting up towards like 27. That's going to be like where he's at his best. Like when he's at that age of around 27, that's it when he'll be. And that's when, yeah. And like, like at that point, so you'll have Donovan Mitchell on his max contract uh, and you would have just have to acquire another star by that point, whether that's a homegrown star or that's uh, another trade that you end up pulling off at some point. You have you would have OG and Anubi under contract at 17, 18, 19 through 24, 25. You have Mitchell at 30, 32, 34, 37 through 25, 26. And then you have Scotty Barnes' rookie deal for three more years. So this core would have three years together. And it's like Yes. You know, and like, then at that point, at that point, OG and Anobi could also be flipped. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely understand what you're saying. And then like, but and then if you have the ability to acquire that star, then going into the offseason when Scotty Barnes is able to get to his uh his max extension. Then now you have three max players, superstars again, but they're homegrown and they all had time to play together and develop together and really get this chemistry. Not like how we had Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden basically all just plopped together here. I agree. Yeah, like we saw the people that knock on Mitchell is he can't win by himself. Well, his number two is Rudy Gobert. I love Rudy Gobert. Actually, not love Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is great, a good defender. He's not a number two star, like no matter which way you put it, just the way the league is. Yeah. Player isn't. I've never seen Mitchell with a, a solid two, whether that be Scotty Barnes. Maybe we realize Scotty Barnes is a two, and then we have to only trade for a three. Like that's much easier to find than it would be. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the, Scotty Barnes is also a big factor here. And then whatever amount of picks you get back. I don't know how many picks we take back if we're getting all three of those guys back because that's like a lot of like good players. I don't think you'd be getting seven picks back. You get at least like two. It's like something, and you have the Philly pick. You have a couple other picks you made. Like you can get a little, get a little crazy. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, if we're getting back Scotty Barnes and Donovan Mitchell in a trade, I'm fine with taking like three first round picks. Yeah. Instead of that, instead of the eight that a one on one trade with Kevin Durant would command, you know, like it just makes perfect sense. Especially, and I think if you're in Toronto's shoes, you would rather try to work with. You would rather try to work that three-team deal and give up Scotty Barnes, just because in that case you still have Kevin Durant, Fred VanVleet, and Pascal Siakam, along with other pieces that you'll end up bringing in. Because people will want people will want to play with that core of guys. Yeah, we say we've seen um, Masai make that type of trade before. Mm-hmm. So hold on, I'm putting the trade machine right now. So that OG and Scotty for KD doesn't get you there. I saw either Trent or that. Gary- yeah, is Gary Trent. You there or no? Weapon? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so the Eddie Young doesn't get you there. Or does it have to be, it has to be Gary Trent, I think. It's still we fit. could also send some oh. south. But yeah, back. Like out. So you still have to add more for KD. Who else do you have to add? Oh, yeah, I added, I put, oh, I forgot to put uh, OG in this. Let's see if it, OG, ah. Gary Trent and Scotty for KD. That's successful. So That's you get successful. Fred, OG, Thaddeus Young, and Scotty. 
Now, if you make that a three-team, you send Ben Simmons to Utah, you send Donovan Mitchell here, and maybe if you want, you could send either Joe Harris or Gary Trent to Utah. Yeah, you don't need to actually. You don't need to add Thaddeus for that to work either. You could just do Gary, OG, and Scotty for it to work. Yeah, so financially, it all makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, I think in terms of like, if the Jazz really do want to go full reset, getting rid of Donovan Mitchell and having Ben Simmons as your as a young piece to build around over there is fine. Or you I mean, the Jazz. Or you could, yeah, or you could flip them for another for another thing. What well, does Donovan Mitchell for Ben Simmons work one for one? I'm just curious. I don't know. They're both they both got maxes around the same time, so it should. Damn. Does that, it? It does work one for one. See? But I mean, I'm sure Don, like Utah would be getting more back as I oh, mean, 100%, 100%. either picks or just other complimentary players. But it's yeah. it's stuff you could it's stuff you can work with. And it really is a very logical trade for all three sides, just looking at the position that all three teams are in. So, I mean, it could, it could work if all three GMs decide to work together. But then, like we said, there's also a, apparently there's a solid chance that we just run it back. I mean, I don't think anybody can be really mad with us keeping Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and running it back with a newly retooled roster, which even despite all the drama that's been going on this offseason, it seems like Sean Marks is doing a pretty solid job. Yeah. All things considered, I think the only the terrible scenario here is the Nets just getting a bad return for KD, and I don't think that's on the table. So I think either way, it's like not like a great ending, but it's not like a catastrophic ending where you're not getting anything back because like KD is going to give you a good return. So the Nets should I, I trust Sean Marks enough to at least make the right trade in this scenario where he's not getting fleeced for this. Is yeah. there's possibilities still? So I don't know if this can even happen this week or next week. I know they mentioned. But they said it could drag all the way until training camp, and that's probably what's going to suck the most if it does drag out for an extremely long time because the rest of the league is basically in a stranglehold because it's like you don't know what if and when you're going to be ruled out of a potential big big piece of like this trade because like we said, I mean, even if even if like we don't, you're not getting KD in the trade, there's enough solid assets flying around throughout this multi-team deal that, like, you can jump in and help somehow and improve your team. Well, they also said that a lot of GMs were getting together in Vegas this this week for Summer League, so maybe, like, it helps negotiations because you're, like, in person together, so never, never know. Yeah, that. I mean, and and I mean, if, if it, for what it's worth, I know Sean Marks has been at Summer League every single year. So, like, because he's, he's always there. Um, and Sean Marks, really, he's always everywhere when it comes to net stuff. That guy, I've... I think every single Nets game I've been to, that guy's just been standing in the tunnel watching the game or finding a seat over in, like, the bench area. But Sean Marks is very involved, and he's always on the lookout. He's always looking for ways to improve. Um, and I know a lot of Nets fans aren't too thrilled with him right now just based on the whole situation, but it's obviously it's not only on him because every decision he makes, he has to clear with Joe Sy. He has to get Steve Nash's intel. He's got to get everybody's intel on it. So it's not just him single-handedly making decisions and just screwing the team over. So, and I'm sure that that isn't his intention because right now, if Sean Marks were to end up getting fired as Brooklyn Nets GM, I don't know if he gets another GM job after fumbling three stars in a matter of six months, potentially. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much is him, how much is Joe Sy. I'm sure we're going to leave. Yeah. This job is over. I don't want – I hear people give Joe Desai credit for signing Katie and Kyrie because just so people have their calendars correct, they signed in June 2019. 
Joe Tsai bought the team in August, so he wasn't even here when that happens. Like, so I don't want to give any credit to Joe Tsai for what's happened with the Nets getting these stars. He did not do any of it. He bought the team afterwards. Maybe he saw that those signings and was like, "Oh, now we have something good here. I'm going to buy this team." Like, I don't know. I don't want to give any credit for that because he didn't do it. So yep. put that out there. Some people got their little timelines a little messed up. Yeah, and I mean, Sean Marks is the GM who went out and negotiated and built the team from literally scrap metal to to fucking diamonds. Like, like he, Sean Marks single-handedly built this team up to put us into the position to acquire stars. And I feel like he's getting a little too much blame because it's not just him. It really isn't. I just have to see what comes out later on because for who knows, we don't even know what happens. But yeah, there's a lot of fishy stuff going on. And I'm, I think I'd be quicker to put the finger at Joe Desai as well. But I don't know yeah. if Sean Marks is him, but like you said, he does, he does have more credibility than the owner for sure. Yeah, absolutely. He he, a thousand percent should not be the only one getting blamed here. And like, even with all, like we said, even with all of the drama going on, he's still finding a way to improve the team. Um, I did. We do have to address that Bruce Brown uh, left. He signed with Denver, but he also said that Brooklyn didn't even make him an offer. So that's definitely something that we should kind of address because. Bruce Brown was, for the majority of the second half of the season, our third best player. Yep, he definitely was. Um, I don't know why the Nets didn't offer him. Maybe they were valuing size more. Maybe they're trying to save on Joe Desai's luxury bill. I don't know. I think not making contact at all was stupid because if he was there to be had for that cheap, I think that was kind of a bargain. I don't think his market was nearly as big as we anybody thought it was. He had a hot ending to the season, but he was undersized and not really the best shooter. So I think that's why he settled for two for 13. I think at two for thirteen, the Nets should easily brought him back. I don't see why they wouldn't have. He was laying. In I back. mean, we ended up we ended up restructuring Patty Mills' contract to give him more money after he was terrible down the stretch, and we let our guy, the guy who basically carried us outside of the stars the second half of the year, just walk for less money than we gave Patty Mills. Yeah, that didn't make sense to me. Um, hopefully, that works out for everyone. I love my man Bruce. He'll be rocking with Uncle Jeff, so maybe. We'll have some nugget love throughout the year because you got. Two- oh, we're gonna have a lot of nugget love throughout the year. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't know. I guess the, I, I didn't think we were saying Bruce is get eighteen million a year. He even get eighteen for two. So I don't yeah. think that high. But like the, for that little, the Nets should have at least inquired. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, is there anything else that we gotta address before we head out? Winner in the in some Euro League. What's up? Dijon, how do you say it? Musa hit a, a game winner in the Euro League. <laughs> oh, fucking fantastic. Good for him. Yeah, the guy <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, I, I believe that's it. Um, Just came out. Woj was just on ESPN. He said the Raptors still represent the least complicated trade option for Brooklyn and are staying involved with KD conversation, but the Nets are still remain in no rush. Um. Oh, the final... The final thing, I almost forgot about this. Shams also said today that there is no traction whatsoever on a Kyrie Irving to the Lakers deal. Um, and this comes after a couple of days ago, Chris Haynes of like Yahoo Sports and TNT reported that the Nets and the Lakers are engaged on a potential contract and it could be done within the coming days. And this happened on Sunday. We are recording this on Tuesday night. So Chris, Chris Haynes uh, surely seems to be uh, getting some false information. And Shams basically shot that down today. So 
as of right now, Kyrie Irving, there's no reason to believe he's going to be on the Lakers. Personally, I saw that the Mavericks were interested. I don't know about you, Anthony, but I think one of the best potential deals we could maybe try to pull off for Kyrie Irving is sending him to Dallas and taking back, say, we bring back Spencer Dinwiddie and a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith. I would love that. That that is probably the best trick. I think the Laker package is appealing to me. I don't think there's real interest from Miami. So, yeah, I think that is the best package. Like that, that would be, I mean, even if we could send, even if we can take back like Spencer Dinwiddie and we take back uh, even like Maxi Kleber, those, that would also be a good deal. But I, I really like Dorian Finney-Smith and you know that I like Spencer Dinwiddie as well. Um, would he be pissed? <laughs> he would because he, he loves Kyrie. But, but, hey, I mean, there's going to be a lot of options. And I mean, the Kyrie Irving trade situation is definitely the one that's like the most up in the air in terms of what we can get for a return. I feel like thinking, I feel like personally, a trade that like I even just mentioned, even though that's the best one, I don't see that happening still. Um, but at the end of the day, it's really what you can get for Kyrie Irving because worst case, because if they're going to trade him, he's not going to come back after next offseason anyway, most likely. Yeah, it's an unreal situation that we found ourselves in, but I think that that'll do it from us. Uh, Cody had to drop out a little early because he was driving. Um, This has been the Sports Ethos Nets podcast with Joe and Anthony and a little bit of Cody. The Nets are all over the place. We will keep you guys updated. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, like, subscribe, tweet us, leave us questions, DM us, and we'll catch you guys next week.